9 and 8. It's the past. Pacers going 25 and 57. That's the past. We need to talk about the route forward involving the draft for the Colts and then taking a look at the current roster for the Pacers and making some difficult decisions, which I got to tell you, truth aren't so difficult. They're easy. All right, 25 and 57, you fire people, and that's just the way it is. All right, this is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Monday, April 11th, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. You got a plumbing problem? They got solutions. Big, small, whatever. They do great work. 765-610-8809 is the number. Hit subscribe, punch a like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports, and if you have any questions, hey, you know what? Donate. I answer them immediately, and really the reason we do that is because it puts like a, a box on the screen that I can absolutely see, and if if you don't donate, I just don't see it. I Yeah, it sounds like I'm, I'm kind of cheating, but I'm not. That's the truth. All right, here's what the Colts need to do. You got to get weapons. There is no point in paying Matt Ryan a whole bunch of money to come to Indianapolis and throw the ball to a bunch of guys, a bunch of Walmart specials, right? Guys you could find at the Walmart. No, you got to go get guys. You got one guy right now, Michael Pittman Jr. You got another guy in Paris Campbell if he can stay healthy, but that's a huge if. The other guys are guys. Des Patman, guy. Michael Strawn, guy. As much as we love him, as much as you go to camp and you say, wow, did you see that catch that Mike Strawn made? You know what? He was a seventh rounder for a reason, okay? Um, you hit the donate button. I'm not really sure. I've never donated. So that's a good question, Glenn. I'm not sure. There, there should be just a little, little button there. People do it all the time. I'm not sure. So here's what I want the Colts to do at 42. You take Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Jahan Dotson is 5'11", 184 pounds. You want to know what? Marvin Harrison was six feet tall on his best day. Don't believe that. He's 5'11", 5'10". Stood next to him a million times. 185 pounds. People say that Jahan Dotson is a slot. Know what? He might wind up being a slot, but I think you can throw him outside. Just because Penn State played him out of the slot, I'm not worried about Jahan Dotson's ability to go outside, play the X, and get downfield a little bit. Uh, He ran a 4-4-3 in the 40. Nice. No problem. That's enough speed. He runs great routes. If you can get a receiver like Jahan Dotson at 42, thank you very much. I'll take it. We saw him play against Indiana. Jahan Dotson can play. 93 catchable balls last year. He brought in 91 of them. 91 catches, 1,182 yards, 12 TDs. He is really, really good. And if you can get him at 42, you laugh all the way to the bank. At 73, here's what I think you do. I think you take Jeremy Ruckert. He keeps moving up draft boards. All right, I move up with him. I want Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State, the tight end. He is a brick house. That's what he is a road grader as a run blocker. You want to spring Jonathan Taylor for more yards? Draft this guy in the third round and turn him loose on linebackers, on edge guys, wherever you want to turn him loose. And he's going to knock people down. Now throwing it to him, a little bit of a challenge. He averaged three targets per game at Ohio State his last year there. 
He, he's not elusive, but he will find space against his own. He will make the catch, and he will knock people down when he's got the football. This is a guy you could even, you know how they, like the fridge, ran the ball, they handled it, they handed it off to, who is that, like Randall McDaniel for the 49ers? You have a bunch of guys like that, big, giant guys who always win the one-on-one battle in the hole. That's Jeremy Rucker. You could turn him into a fullback once in a while, and it wouldn't break my heart. I take him with the 73rd overall pick. Now, at 122, we got a choice between two guys. All right? Choice between them. Um, We got Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. I like Braxton Jones. And he seems like a guy for the... uh, uh, that the Colts would like, that Chris Ballard would really dig. 6'5", 3'10", he's a project, not an immediate starter, project. That's what they need right now. You're, they're not going to be able to draft a plug-and-play Orlando Pace-type left tackle. It's not going to happen for the Colts drafting at 42 and then 73. It's just not. So go get the project. Another guy who might be a project they take a look at is uh, Max Mitchell out of Louisiana. Interesting guy. Big, athletic to a point, and a guy who can win the battle at the line of scrimmage. The thing you don't know uh, about Mitchell is because he played at Louisiana, is he the kind of guy who can win battle after battle after battle against Power 5 level competition in the NFL? Could he have beaten Power 5 guys? He did very well in the one game he played against a Power 5 team against Texas this past year. Other than that, we really don't know. Uh, A lot of the love that people have for him might be because he played against, you know, the competition that Louisiana plays. Uh, At 159, this kind of a, we don't know what the hell is going to happen between now and then, right? But at 159, I got Calvin Austin the 30s. 5'8", 170 out of Memphis, 4'3", 240. He is dynamic as hell. Ike is a cool guy and uh, from like a widget sort of perspective. You can plug him in different places. You can get creative with him. You can get him the football, maybe in space, and he can take it to the house. I just like a different kind of weapon. Colts haven't had a weapon in a long time. You need weapons. So that's the kind of weapon I'm looking for. And then you've got Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame. Ran a 4-3 or a 4-4-3. 40, good receiver, kind of guy you could get in the fifth round. I like the idea of getting him in the fifth round with that last pick in the fifth round. We're not doing anything with the sixth and seventh rounds because what the hell does it matter, right? You can go get a guy, but like Danny Pinter, how prescient would anybody have been to say, you know what, I'll take Danny Pinter. Nobody knew that he was going to turn out to be a starting guard in the NFL. Nobody you know, so you draft a guard. And if you want cornerbacks, like if Chris Ballard's looking for cornerbacks, all right, he doesn't like, maybe Jahan Dotson goes at 40, and he's not on the board at 42, and you really, you're not in love with any of the wide receivers. How about this? Uh, in the second or third round, you take uh, Jalen Armour Davis out of Bama. I like him. One year as a starter, but one year as a starter for Nick Saban teaching him how to play DB. 
you get a lot out of that. I got no problem with him at all. A 4-3-9-40 guy, he's fast, he's got good size, 6 feet tall, 197. Very, very good in, you know, in press. I like him. I like Jalen Armour-Davis. And then you've got uh, uh, Tariq Castro-Fields out of Penn State. He's a year older than Jalen Armour-Davis. However, they are like the same guy. They are, they have the same speed. They have the same size. A lot of the same capabilities. But you've got a guy in, in maybe Armour-Davis, you say, look, this is a guy who you can build into something. There's a lot of potential there. With, uh, uh, with Castro-Fields, not so much because he's played a bunch. He's started, been a starter for years at Penn State. They, Indiana remembers him. Um, they, neither of these guys are plug-and-play corners necessarily. It's not uh, Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. It's not Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Just not. Can you get, can you have the chips fall into place in the right order? where you wind up with two wide receivers, a tight end, a cornerback, and a potential left tackle in the first five rounds. And whatever else you get. I know there's a, a pick hanging out there that we haven't really assigned in, in my little scheme there. 42-73 you got. Uh, 122-159. Um, one seventy nine, forty two, seventy three, one twenty two, one fifty nine, one seventy nine. There you go. Two wide receivers, a tight end, a cornerback, and a left tackle. Is that too much to ask, Chris? Chris Ballard, could you whip that up for us? Could you just? Could you work some of your voodoo, some of that Texas by way of Wisconsin, by way of Chicago, by way of Kansas City voodoo that you do so well? And get us those pieces. Really, all I need, and I'm going to be happy, is Jahan Dotson. The only time I've been like-minded with Chris Ballard about the draft was two years ago when I really, really wanted Michael Pittman Jr. And I really wanted Jonathan Tim. <clears throat> and that was in advance, and that's what I asked for. And Chris Ballard even traded up to go get Jonathan Taylor. All right, let's talk about the Pacers. Season ended last uh, yesterday, not really last night. Terrible season. Health, a problem. Depth, a problem. Trades, guys sitting. All kinds of problems for the Pacers. How do you solve these problems? Here's how you solve them. I'll give you, it, here's what you do. You keep Tyrese Halliburton as the point guard. You keep Isaiah Jackson. You keep... Uh, Chris Duarte, the number one through nine pick that the Pacers are going to have. We don't know where that's going to fall. The lottery comes up in just over a month, and you're going to have either one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. No higher than that. First time that the Pacers will draft in single digits since 1989 is going to be all kinds of fun. I can't wait to see what Kevin Pritchard does with that draft pick. Ryan Carter's got to be licking his chops. He's never had this. Last time he did this, I think he was a fifth grader, for God's sake. Ryan Carr, the director of scouting, might be a vice president or something. Pacers have, like, loads of vice presidents. The Pacers have more vice presidents than they have guys who can't play basketball, either for health reasons or just they're incapable of it. 
That's a lot of vice presidents. I counted one time like 10 years ago, they had 21 vice presidents. Like if you have so many vice presidents that people don't have time to talk in meetings, you don't hear from but half of them in a meeting, you got too many vice presidents. It just doesn't work. If you have more vice presidents than players, period, what are you doing as an organization, for God's sake? Here's the roster, all right? Halliburton, Duarte, Jackson, Jalen Smith, I got to find a way to keep. Jalen Smith is too good, too explosive, and seems like too good a kid not to find a way, despite the fact that Phoenix kind of screwed the pooch and didn't offer him that extension. That, and you know, didn't that uh, qualifying offer, whatever. Didn't get that done, so there's only a certain amount that the Pacers can offer. Can they make that right with future promises? I hope that they can. Um, Lance Stevenson, I want back. Jonathan Bender was a five pick, but the Pacers didn't take him. The Toronto Raptors took him. The Pacers traded Antonio Davis to Toronto for Jonathan Bender. So they have not drafted in the top nine since 1989. They took Paul George 10th. So there you go. Kyle Long asks, Colts owner apparently said that they were willing to give up multiple first-round picks for a young quarterback. I keep seeing that. Yeah, that, that's, that ship has sailed. They're not going to do that. Uh, once they went out and got Matt Ryan, there was talk between the, the Colts and the Houston Texans, uh, and, and that deal just didn't come about. And, and so, no, that wasn't going to happen. By the way, thanks for the donation. I appreciate it, but that wasn't a thing that, that really, like the Texans were never going to trade within the division. You just don't do that. You don't give somebody a potential franchise quarterback. That's the way it goes. Um, So, oh, nice, Mr. Mraz. Brogdon, Turner, they got to go. I don't care where they go. I don't care what you get back. These are not winning basketball players, and they have got to go. Everybody else, Goga, I'm keeping. Healed, I'm keeping, if I didn't say that. Healed hitting 40% over his career from beyond the arc. You don't trade shooters like that. What you do trade, you trade guys who will not play or cannot play or want to be CEOs more than they want to win a championship. Look, here's what I need to hear from people. Doing the interviews, all right? Doing the interviews. What is your want? And if a guy says, I want to be the head of my own company. I want to take the wealth that I generate as an NBA player And I want to run a company. Goodbye! Don't let the uh, door hit you where the Lord splits you. Get him on a plane, get him out of town, and beat his ass for his entire career. That's what you do with that guy. All right? Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. Ten bucks from Aaron Perry. Very nice. You have got to mandate that your top priority, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pacers, Westbrook, if it happens, like I don't see it happening because I don't think that Herb Simon's that patient. If you ship Turner and uh, Brogdon West for Westbrook in order to use his cap space after the 2022-2023 season, that represents significant patience from an owner who's in his late 80s. All right, the clock is ticking. 
Herb Simon hears the clock. That is not what he's looking to do. And Russell Westbrook would never play here anyway. So you would you'd bring him in, and if he did, he'd play for a year maybe. But who the hell wants that headache? When's the guy won, for God's sake? Where I go get Julio Jones, you know what? If I could get him on a low-money deal, I absolutely would. If I didn't have to risk anything like down the road, if it went like two years, $10 million, that'd be too much. One year, $5 million, mm, given that they got $20, 22000000 million in cap space, I'm in for Julio Jones. Ten games last year, he was pretty good. He doesn't need to get in sync with Matt Ryan. Might make Matt Ryan really, really comfortable. I'm all in for that. Um, and all the other guys on the Colts roster, bounce, get to step in. Dwayne Washington, adios. Kyle Long asks, Colts need to get some veteran experience at quarterback. Any players come to mind they should go for? Gilmore? Gilmore still being on the street is really, really interesting to me, and I don't get why, because everybody wants to upgrade a corner. So I don't know what's going on, unless he's already kind of decided And what he wants to do is sign after the draft so that there's no compensatory draft pick. That's an interesting... Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. Where will you end up in the uh, basketball Big Ten next year? (laughs) Top five, baby. Top five. That is assuming you bring back Xavier Johnson, who I know. We got some trouble, right? Um, You have back... Um, you got Trey Galloway, might not be a starter. Maybe Tamar Bates starts, right? Jalen Hood-Shafino could start at the two. You got some depth all of a sudden at the wing. Miller Cop fits in there somehow or another. You got Trace and Race and Jordan Geronimo, good depth pieces. Anthony Leal is going to get better. All of a sudden, you got 10 guys. Logan Duncan, he's not in the portal. He's all in. So maybe Logan Duncan winds up being a guy who can give you minutes. Maybe Caleb Banks winds up being a guy for you. C.J. Gunn could do some things. I think it's going to be an interesting year, and I think Indiana is going to be in that bottom area of that top tier, fourth, fifth in the Big Ten. You've got to make that kind of stride. Year one, go to the tournament, finishing ninth in the Big Ten, acceptable for Mike Woodson. He had a, a dumpster fire. You've got to move that forward, and the way you do that is get to fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. No, IU's not going to be about the same as they were this year. They will not be. Fever, they're drafting tonight. Get this for the Fever. The Fever are drafting number two, number four, number six, and number ten. Four picks in the top ten, three in the top six. What is Lynn Dunn going to do? You know what? I used to care about the WNBA draft. I used to go down there and talk to Tamika, talk to Stephanie, whoever was down there. Had a great time. Enjoyed it. We had some food. Wonderful. No longer. I I refuse to do that. I will not do it again. Not until they start getting people they're not cutting. You can't draft somebody in the top 10 and then cut them in their rookie year. Like, that's crazy. What's going on, right? that's, That's insanity. I will not take part in that operation until Lynn Dunn shows that as a new GM, she's capable of assessing talent and drafting that talent. There you go. Uh, Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait 
cannot well procure the fever of their draft picks. Exactly. You're a funny guy. Hey, maybe uh, uh, a few more donations. I'll have money for a writer. Talk to you tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do it.